I'm Danny DeCrescenzo, joined by C.J. Spataro. She's the director of the MFA in Creative Writing and the MA in Publishing programs at Rosemont College in suburban Philadelphia. She was also one of the founding partners of Philadelphia Stories Magazine and P.S. Books. She's here with me for an exclusive interview about her debut novel, More Strange Than True, which is forthcoming from Sagging Meniscus Press in June 2024. C.J., welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. I appreciate it. Of course. So I want to start with what More Strange Than True is about. From what I was able to read, it's a whimsical but surprisingly grounded fantasy tale set in the city of brotherly love. Give our listeners the elevator pitch about the plot. Okay. Yeah, that's it, it is set in Philadelphia. The novel is about a woman named Jewel Jameson who is having a really terrible day. And um, she goes home, she gets a little drunk. She makes a wish that you know, maybe her dog could be her boyfriend. And when she wakes up the next day, someone has somehow turned her dog into a man. So that's the basic crux of the story. And, you know, things kind of go from there. So we're going to get into the inspiration, specifically the Shakespearean inspirations for this book. But what motivated you to take on this specific story for your first novel? Um, well, it's actually, this is the first novel I've written that's getting published, but it's cert- it's not the first novel that I've written. So, um, there, what, what inspired me to, to write this book is I had been working on a collection of short stories, um, and they were all speculative in nature, meaning they had some sort of like magical elements, science fiction, fantasy, um, something like that. Um, and all of the stories had a central uh, romantic relationship in them. So uh, I, I don't know, I just got it in my head that, I mean, I had heard so many people I know, um, especially women, talk about, you know, how lousy their love lives are. And sometimes they really wish that their dog was could be a man. And because, you know, they uh, they already loved them and they were so sweet and they wouldn't have to worry about a lot of things. So that that was kind of where the idea came from. And I originally thought I might write it as a short story. And then once I sat down uh, to start really hashing it out, I realized even though the premise was very small, the story itself was going to be very big. And so it turned into a novel. Yeah. And you go into detail about the, the specific ways that the character, the dog's name is Oberon, mm-hmm. transitions from being a canine to a human being. And that name is important because it draws from A Midsummer Night's Dream. And the book doesn't draw inspiration from Shakespeare exclusively, but it gets the title from Midsummer Night's Dream and the play serves as a plot device. What is it about the Bard's work that made you come back to it for this novel? Um, I am a huge fan of adaptation in general. And um, I have been inspired by lots of things. And I just, honestly, I was thinking like, okay, so I'm going to have these fairies in the story and um, they need to come from somewhere. So I decided why not take them from the master, right? Take them from Shakespeare. He had this whole sort of world built in um, Midsummer Night's Dream. So um, almost all of the fairies are from a Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, Titania, who's the queen of the fairies in the novel, she has two sisters. One is Iolanthe and the other is Ondine, and they come from mythology. Um, but they also come with preset backstories. And 
So that just was kind of fun to kind of mess with that a little bit, um, like be inspired by it, but not feel tied tied to the story. So for our listeners, that's fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E, <laughs> not F-A-I-R-Y. These are the old yeah. school, old English fairies, middle English I, fairies. Yeah, what? why not, right? That's, <laughs> that was kind of how I felt. You've got to be faithful to the source material. And for those of our listeners who are a little rusty on Shakespeare, explain really quickly A Midsummer Night's Dream and why it's so significant. The significance was the fact that it was filled with fairies and fairy characters and their kind of devious fairies. You know, sometimes fairies are very nice. Um, the plot of the story doesn't have, um, the plot of the play doesn't have much to do with my novel. Um in part because the plot of the play is very nonsensical. Um, it's a lot about mistaken identities. And the one thing from the play that plays a big pivotal role in the novel is the, um, the magical potion that they use, the love and idleness potion um, that does come into play in the novel. Um, but that's what they use to turn bottom's head into a donkey in the play and there's there's just lots of silly things going on with mistaken identity and and all that uh, but when it comes to the adaptations i feel like we have seen some shakespeare adaptations in recent years i think back to king richard that's what chris rock referred to will smith as when he walked onto stage referring yeah. to the adaptation of that shakespeare work uh, what do you think about shakespeare retellings or reimaginings do you feel like we should have more of them, have less of them? Do people need them more than they think they do? Because obviously his work is timeless, but it, yeah. in terms of penetrating the popular culture, is it still something we should be aspiring to proliferate? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, um, Harold Bloom is a literary critic, you know, called Shakespeare the, uh, the inventor of the human. Um, and I, I, I just feel like the work is so... Um, it sounds very cliche to say it's very, it, you know, it's so timeless, but um, at the core of all of Shakespeare's works are these emotional truths, um, these relationships, um, even when the stories are very dramatic or like in Midsummer Night's Dream where they kind of don't really make any sense. Um, it's just very kind of silly. Um, there is still this core emotional truth and it usually centers around uh, a romantic relationship. Um, I think that's certainly true in Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, you know, the the king and the queen of the fairies are fighting over something really stupid, um, when you get down to it. But in the end, you know, they're sort of like, I don't know really how to reconnect with each other. And I think that's what's at the foundation of all of it. So I, I definitely think there's room for more Shakespeare adaptations. Um, I teach a class in um, the adaptation of Shakespeare um, in all different kinds of forms, not just literature, but film, ballet, opera, TV, everything. And it's a blast for me. So sometimes the students are into it, sometimes not as much. Um, but it's something I really enjoy, so. If you're just tuning in to the Hofstra when we wake up, call on Danny DiPersenzo, joined by CJ Spataro. She's the author of the forthcoming More Strange Than True, which comes out in June 2024. And, and speaking of your career, you're someone who has focused a lot on writing and teaching others how to write. What did tackling this project teach you with the fact that it's a you started it as a short story, then it became a full novel, and you're adapting various characters? How did that 
factor in. What did tackling this project teach you? Um, well, you know, it's interesting because I do, I have been teaching um, a novel writing classes at Rosemont in the MFA program now for quite a while. Um, and as I said, this isn't my first novel attempt for sure. Um, and one thing I've kind of learned is that each novel takes on its own process. Like the first time you write a novel, you think, oh, I got this figured out now. I can do this again. And then you sit down to try it again and it's completely different. So um, what this book taught me um, was really a lot about, um, it was a, like the really the first fantasy novel I'd written. So I was, I was leaning into, um, you know, really trying to create these worlds. You know, we have the realistic world in Philadelphia and there's a lot of real places that are mentioned um, when the characters are in Philadelphia. And then there's this world called the realm where the fairies are from. And so I was kind of just trying to let my imagination kind of run wild a little bit um, and, and, and kind of have some fun. So I, I hope the book is funny um, in a lot of ways. And um, that that's part of my goal. So I don't know if I really answered your question. But... No, you've, you've clearly been immersed in the English teaching and English writing world for a long time. Every every writing experience is different. Mm -hmm. uh, and what, what do you hope that the people who do read your book come away with it in terms of, so they read the book, what do you want them to come away with from your words and your story? Um, I would hope that they, um, that is a positive experience, that they have some fun and that it's also um, an, a bit of an emotional journey. I know as a reader, I really like to connect with work on an emotional level. And so that's what I strive for in my own work. So hopefully, um, you know, people that come to the novel will, um, at the end, they might feel a certain kind of way. And I hope it, you know, that's kind of what I'm going for. I don't want to give the ending away, but. No, of course. But what <laughs> would you say the main themes of this work are? Having written it and now it's set for publication, looking back, what would you say the overarching themes are from the story of this, this unfortunate woman who somehow turned her dog into this loving man yeah. through magical sh shenanigans? Yeah, yeah. Um, is that, you know, in the end, you have to be true to yourself. And sometimes when you really love someone, you have to do something really painful um, in order to make sure that they have the best possible outcome, even though it's maybe not what you want. So, um, yeah, I think that that was kind of like the big the big lesson for me. So this is my last question, and I've grown to enjoy asking it to authors that I have on the show. If your book was going to be a movie, who would you want to direct the film and why? Ooh, who would I want to direct the film? Well, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought of that. I think a lot of times authors think about casting, like who they might want, you know, what actors they might want want to play. I hadn't really thought about directors. I mean, honestly, I feel like I have to say Greta Gerwig. Um, just because she has a huge imagination, she's super talented, and she's very hot, right? So, like, why not shoot for the the moon, right? CJ Spitaro, author of the forthcoming More Strange Than True. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking about the book with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun.